Welcome to another episode of the Amatelic TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. A uh, lot to talk about this episode after we took last week off. And uh, of course, we'll get to Super Bowl 54 and uh, recap the conference championship games, including the Packers spitting a bit. And, uh, but first, more important things is, um, we got a major death that happened in the sports world in between last time we talked. And, um, Laker great, uh, Kobe Bryant, he passed away last Sunday. Him and his, um, 13-year-old daughter, uh, Died in a plane crash. Excuse me, a helicopter crash. That also uh, involved uh, seven more people that perished uh, with him on that crash last Sunday. Um, It's just terrible. Helicopter crash on the side of a mountain in Calabas, California. And the helicopter caught on fire. Um, that was about the ninth forty-five. Um, really, it's it's just one of the saddest days I can think of, and it was certainly one of the saddest in my uh, lifetime. I mean, LeBron. I mean, the guy that I mean, only LeBron James really is just as big as an icon worldwide in the sport of basketball as Kobe Bryant was. Uh, of course, he was a five-time NBA champion, 18-time All-Star, 15-time member of the All-NBA team, won 2008 MVP, and was a two-time NBA Finals winner, led the league in scoring two seasons, fourth on the league's all-time regular season scoring list, after LeBron James passed him last Saturday night in his hometown in Philadelphia. Um, it's just it's just so surreal, I mean, to be quite honest with you. And I thought about this all week long leading up to this episode. Uh what I was going to say because you've heard lots of other people you know you've heard local those of you who live out in LA you've heard local news they give their thoughts the uh, people there give their thoughts on it people who write for the LA Times and USA Today and ESPN Stephen A Mike Wilbon Jalen Rose Paul Pierce Jay Williams, I can go so on and so forth, you know. Chris Russo, Colin Coward, Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp, you know, I can, I mean, Chris Roussard, I can go on and on and on, but it's like, I'm like the last voice, so I guess you could say that kind of ties a bow on all of this. And I thought about it all week, what am I, what am I going to say? And... For a person, those of you all who know me, I'm never short of words, but I honestly, it's just, it's been six days uh, and a full week since 
uh, LeBron passed him on the scoring list, and I still am in a state of shock. Um, I mean, when I found out, I was, uh, was in the living room at, at my house putting away Christmas decorations. I know. Putting away Christmas decorations in late January. Don't take that up with me. Take it up with my mother. She loves Christmas. And, she, you know, she puts them up essentially Veterans Day and doesn't take them down till, you know, Dr. King Day. And it's, they're up there forever. But it's like as soon as the, as soon as the first week of, uh, first full week of January, I'm sick of looking at them. But that's neither here nor there. So, guess, you know, wrapping up, putting the Christmas decorations away. I got the Pro Bowl on. And it's coming about, you know, coming around 3 o'clock. And, um, and my sister yells out, Kobe Bryant died. And my reaction, like many of you guys out there, was, "What? Like this? This this, this can't be real. Like you, you're like you, like you're pulling my leg. Like this, this is a joke. Like the fake news. I mean, this this can't be real. This has to be some sort of uh, hoax or hijinks or, you know, so someone who tried to be funny, you know, in in, in a sick manner that posted it on social media to try to get you know clicks for clickbait." So I was, I was like, what? Kobe Bryant is not dead. What the hell are you talking about? You know, he's, he's, he's just not dead. He's Kobe Bryant. I mean, LeBron just passed him last night. He's not, he's, you know, he's 41 years of age. He, Kobe Bryant didn't die. What are you, crazy? And then she runs in and shows me the headline. Kobe Bryant. Um, dying in a helicopter crash. And as soon as I thought, and even when she read me like the official headline, I was like, this can't be, this can't be real. So then I go up and I go on my iPad and um, I look and my text messages are just blowing up. Kobe, Kobe passed away. Kobe's dead. And I'm just like, wow. And I get the ESPN notifications Kobe Bryant was passed, and it's just one of those moments that I will never forget as long as I live, for all the wrong reasons, obviously. But, I mean, and I just sat there the rest of that Sunday, like, in utter shock. I was like, it's Kobe Bryant, he can't, he can't just, like that, he just, he just can't, he just can't go. And it was like, and it was, it was like, it just can't be real. I mean, Dwayne Wade, in his Instagram post sun, Sunday night, he 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 described it perfectly. It was, it was like a bad dream that you can't wake wake up from, and that that's exactly what. And I didn't even know Kobe Bryant, let alone be his friend, one of his friend, closest friends, and I had that same feeling. It was, it was like it ain't real, and then I look ESPN. Like, yeah, it was real, and it's it's just incredibly sad. It's incredibly, incredibly sad. I mean, 
he was one hell of a basketball player, top five in the history of the sport. That's, I mean, that's on. That's an undisputed fact. But, I mean, for him just to go go like that, and then his last tweet was him congratulating LeBron on passing him on the scores list, and little do we know, less than like eighteen hours later, he was he was gone. And I'm sitting here. Saturday night, February the 1st, six days after it happened, and I still can't believe Hayes gone. I mean, it, it, it was numbing. I mean, sad Sunday night, the rest of my Sunday, it was, it was, it was like, why? He, he, Kobe Bryant cannot cannot just die like that. He, he just can't. And then when the news came that his daughter died on, on, on the helicopter with him, it was, it was good. It was it was gut wrenching. Very very gut wrenching. Those of you out there that are fathers, I mean, you can only imagine. I mean, she was um, thirteen years old with her future in front of her. Wanted to go to University of Yukon and practically carry on Kobe's legacy. In the WNBA, did you see that Jimmy Kimmel interview where it's like, when when are you and Nessa going to have a boy? When are you going to have a boy? You know, carrying a legacy. And his daughter was like, I got this. I mean, and for that and for her not to basically, I mean, that that's just to say, Kobe lived half a life. But the thing that makes it so sad was Gianna was like just getting started. You know, and it's sad that she won't get to experience, you know, won't won't get to experience the high school life, senior prom, graduation, homecoming dances, you know, boyfriends, fiance, proposal, marriage, children, you know, getting the first job. First paycheck, you know, seeing her parents grow old and and growing up with the rest of her sisters. I mean, it it is incredibly, incredibly sad. I mean, one of the most sad, most depressing, most unfortunate things in a long time. And I have, honest to God, I have not felt that shocked. And that's stunned by celebrity death since Michael Jackson 11 years ago. Not so much with Prince because, you know, I didn't... At the time, I wasn't really like a a Prince fan. You know, it was like, oh, Prince died. Uh, So when Prince passed away in 2016, it really didn't have that numbing effect like like Kobe's. But uh, this one... If if you are a Laker fan, a Kobe fan, a basketball fan, or a sports fan that was a casual basketball guy, this one, this one hurt. You know, he's if you were born in between nineteen ninety five and early two thousands, Kobe Bryant was your uh, Michael Jordan. You know, I mean, you had the. You had, it's not. I mean, basketball is the only sport where you have the three transcendent stars. Literally passing the torch from Jordan 
to Kobe to LeBron. And uh, I just I just don't know what what I can say really. I mean, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. That you know. That a husband, that a father and a daughter both perish, like that. I mean, it's just. And just as Kobe was beginning his second life, post basketball, with winning the Oscar last year for best short film, and his Mamba Academy, and basically being a mentor and a coach for his daughter and his daughter's basketball teams, and quote-unquote, the, becoming the ambassador for women's basketball. It's, it's just sad knowing that Kobe won't be there to give his Hall of Fame speech when ESPN makes that 30 for 30 on Kobe, that he won't be there to give personal first-hand insight. It's just, you know, life, life is unfair. And it's very, very short. They they say the days are long, but the years are are short. They're very short, and you gotta just take it in every second, every minute of every day that God blesses you with air in your lungs and blood pumping through your body. You gotta just seize and take advantage of it each and every moment of every single day. And because tomorrow's because tomorrow is not promised, and even if those of us are who are blessed to wake up and see uh, tomorrow, it's not a guarantee that we'll make it to see the end of the day. And uh, unfortunately, Kobe Bryant and his daughter fall right into that category. Fall right into that category. I mean, yeah. I mean, and I don't want to get, you know. There's, there's a, there's a Bible verse out there that basically. So, uh, that's that's. I mean, it was so. I mean, the foreshadowing because, church the church sermon. That I heard, Sunday morning before. Kobe had passed uh, featured a Bible verse Matthew 6.34 saying therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own which basically says in translation don't be anxious about tomorrow or the future but focus on today and seize the moment of today because tomorrow is not promised, and then who knew that I was later that it'd be a moment to go back to that Bible verse. It's just, it's just incredibly, incredibly sad. I mean, memorials in Philadelphia, where he was born and raised, playground where he spent most of his days. Uh, memorials outside the Staples Center. You know, the day they passed away, fans in tears, ex-teammates in tears, friends in tears. Today's NBA players, they grew up idolizing Kobe in tears. 
I mean, it, it, it's just incredibly, incredibly sad. Shaq in tears on NBA uh, TV, or excuse me, on TNT on Tuesday night. I mean, just, uh, here, let me read you what LeBron's Instagram post was. Um, this is what he said. I'm not ready, but here I go. Man, I, I sit here trying to write something for this post, but every time I try, I begin crying again just thinking about you, niece Gigi, and the friendship bond brotherhood we had. I literally just heard your voice Sunday morning before I left Philly to head back to L.A. I didn't think for one bit in a million years it'd be the last conversation we'd, we'd ever have. What the blank... I'm heartbroken and devastated, my brother. Man, I love you, big bro. My heart goes to Vanessa and the kids. I promise you I'll, con I'll continue your legacy, man. It means so much to us all here, especially Laker Nation. And it's my responsibility to put this blank on my back and keep it going. Please give me the strength from the heavens above and watch over me. I got us here. There's so much more I want to say, but just can't right now because I can't get through it. Until we meet again, my brother. Hashtag Mamba for life. Hashtag Gigi for life. If you don't think that LeBron isn't going to be on a mission... Honor Kobe Bryant and go out there and basically bust his ass to make sure that the Lakers win championship. I don't know what to tell you. Because the greatest way to honor the Black Mamba is channel your inner Mamba mentality and go out there and win a championship for him. Let me read you what. Kobe's wife, Vanessa, posted on Instagram earlier this week. My girls and I want to thank the millions of people who've shown support and love during this horrific time. Thank you for all the prayers. We definitely need them. We are completely devastated by the sudden loss of my adoring husband, Kobe, the amazing father of our children. And my beautiful, sweet Gianna, a loving, thoughtful, and wonderful daughter, and amazing sister to Natalia, Bianca, and Capri. We are also devastated for the families who lost their loved ones on Sunday, and we share, it, and we share in grief intimately. There aren't enough words to describe our pain right now. I take comfort in knowing that Kobe and Gigi both knew that they were so deeply loved. We were so incredibly blessed to have them in our lives. I wish they were here with us forever. They were beautiful blessings taken from us too soon. I'm not sure what our lives hold beyond today, and it's impossible to imagine life without them. But we wake up each day trying to keep pushing because Kobe and our baby girl Gigi are shining, us, are shining on us to light the way. My love for them is endless, and that's, and that's to say immeasurable. I just wish I could hug them, kiss them, and bless them. 
have them here with us forever. Thank you for sharing your joy, your grief, your support with us. Yes, yeah, that you grant us respect and privacy, what, what we will need to navigate through this new reality. Thank you so much for lifting us up in your prayers and for loving Kobe, Gigi, Natalia, Bianca, Capri, and me. Hashtag Mamba, hashtag Mambasita, hashtag Girls Dad, hashtag Dad's Girls, hashtag Family. And your heart just goes out to his wife, his daughters, his parents, his two sisters, and every member of the NBA family that Kobe Bryant has ever had an impact on. Because I tell you, it will not be easy for them. And it's just, life is just so unfair. I mean, Kobe was such a global icon that he touched people's lives of many thousands, if not millions of people he would and will never meet. That's just the type of person, that's just how big of an impact uh, he was. I mean, he was so big and so talented and just that you just couldn't imagine life without him. I mean, Kobe just gone. And the thing that kind of makes this very, one of the reasons why it was so numbing for me on Sunday was that, in case you guys don't know, I have a 14-year-old sister who plays basketball. And uh, is on uh, varsity. She's about a year older than uh, JJ. And I have a dad who's the uh, same age as Kobe. Kobe was born in August of. 78, my dad was born in February of 78. And my dad's birthday is, um, this Wednesday. He'll be 42 years old, Lord willing. And I look at the memes, and I look at the pictures, I look at the video of how tight and how close Kobe and Gianna were. And that same tightness that was between the two of them and the same closeness is the same with my little sister and my father. And I just sit back and think that it, it could it could easily be those two and uh, just thank you know just gotta thank God each and every day that they're still here because both of them for 
many different reasons. Are vital to um, yours truly, and one and the inspiration of why I get up behind this microphone and and try to bring happiness in the form of talking sports to you all. Uh, it's just. I mean, it could easily be them. I mean, the fact that they were just around that same ballpark of age is just... It humbles you, really. And... I just... Think about it, and I ponder it, and... I just hope and pray that I'll never have to experience what Kobe's three other girls and his wife is experiencing right now because to tell you the truth, no human being should have to go through that. None. And it's just incredibly, incredibly sad. Because it not like that Kobe disappeared from the public eye, you know, he was out there, he was he was out there, I mean, he was, he was a topic of conversation, you know, last week, you know, in last February, or excuse me, last Saturday, you know, with the record and everything else, and the memes of him and Gianna at the Nets game, it's just... And also, it was just, he was just gone at the drop of a hat, you know. It was sad and devastating when Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, and Prince died. But there was an element of self-destruction behind them eventually dying. There was no self-destruction with Kobe. If anything, it was the exact opposite of him becoming a well-rounded person and a better father and a better man and a better friend and a better just overall human being you know it was, it was the exact opposite of self-destruction it was self-construction he was you know he was becoming a better man now than he was 10 12 years ago and uh Definitely a day I'll never forget it for as long as I live. I always remember, as will you guys out there listening, where you were and what you were doing on the day that Kobe Bean Bryant perished. And his youngest, and his 13-year-old daughter Gigi, when they perished from this earth. So... May God have mercy on their souls. Rest in peace, Black Mamba and Gigi. They will be missed. Gone, but not forgotten. Back after this.
back to Mattel like the CIS podcast and joining me now is a special guest who I've come to know through Christopher Mad Dog Russo and uh, Sirius XM and the Twitter world. Uh, he's a frequent caller into uh, Mad Dog Unleashed, Christopher Russo's show. You can hear him every weekday afternoons, 3 to 6 p.m. in the east. Uh, my next guest, his time, uh, noon to 3 out west. Uh, he shares a birthday with me, believe it or not, and a big-time L.A. sports fan who lives out in Orange County, California. Those of you got those of you out there who listen to Dog, you know exactly where I'm going with this. Please welcome to get, to share some thoughts on uh, the unfortunate death of Kobe Bryant. I hated I hated that it have to be via of a, of a tragedy, but Mike, welcome to him until like a TIS uh, podcast. Pal, how are you? Jai, this is an amazing, amazing honor to be on your show. It's absolutely fantastic to finally talk to you. Like you said, we've been communicating via Twitter. I've come to absolutely admire your work. You are such a bright young guy with such a bright future. Thank you. As all the Mad Dog serious sports listeners know, especially the God himself, Chris Russo. (laughs) (laughs) And I know he's coming on your show. He should be on your show before me, let me tell you. But, well, he, uh, he's been he's been busy with Radio Row and the Super Bowl, so right. maybe maybe in the middle of February we, we'll see. I mean, exactly. I mean, exactly. You know, give Eddie a little bit of a break because you know, <laughs> he's been bouncing around with uh, with the contest. But uh, but I, but next right. time I call in the dog, which hopefully will be sometime this week, if not late, if not the week after, I'll see if I can get a dog on. But dog will be a must. Right. Uh, Right. By the way, I can't believe when I first heard you that you and I found out you were only 17, probably 16 or 17 years old. You're so poised and polished. I mean, at that age, yeah. I was working at Taco Bell, flipping <laughs> tacos, working part time, trying to play a little tennis in Orange County. Didn't have any kind of command. And I still really don't. Just, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Just how poison polished you are at such a young age. And incredible future. Incredible future. We're all Thank happy you. for you. Thank you. Well, my, my mother always says that I've had like a deep voice since I yeah you know, since I came out the womb with this uh, fantastic voice. But uh, yeah, I caught I started. So before we get to the Kobe stuff, just give a little bit of a backstory. I called in the dog October two thousand seventeen. I was fifteen years old at the time, uh, and and believe it or not, this is how the background of the story is so weird. I got grounded for something school related. I think it was like a bad grade on like an <laughs> art assignment, whatever it was. And I couldn't, and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't watch TV that Friday afternoon. I come home from school, so I'm sitting there bored. You know, the baseball playoffs were going on at the time. Yankee, you know, it was um, who did the Astros play in the AL? Fifteen. Oh yeah. Uh, seven, 2017. Who did they play? I think they played the Red Sox, if I'm not mistaken. The Red, the Red yeah. Sox, yeah, I think it might have been the Red Sox. And the Yankees were playing the Cleveland Indians, and the Indians, of course, had that long streak. And uh, so I caught something, like, what did I do? So I said, I get it. Because I've been listening to Dog since uh, I was in the eighth grade in 2015, and I've been watching, and I discovered Dog through his TV show, because I saw his TV show first on High Heat. And I, so I've been like, you know what? I'm listening to Dog for a while. Why don't I give Dog a call? And I called, and I, you know, I called up, waited on hold for a good little bit, 
and nervous as a Nelly, you know, my voice <laughs> on national radio as a 15-year-old, right. and I handled myself superbly, and, you know, oh at, least dog, at least dog th- thought I did, and, uh... Oh, I'm ex- sure you did, no yeah, doubt did. about yeah, it, yeah, no trying, doubt about while I'm talking, it. talking, I'm trying to find, because I wrote on a sheet of paper what dog told me, but I essentially <laughs> told him that I wanted to be a sports talk you know, a sports talk guy. It was like, keep to your dreams. If you love sports, follow that path. And right. he said, like, it's like being a kid at a candy store. And me and Dog, you know, it's been been calling this show ever since. Mike, give a little, give the audience a little bit of a background of how you found CSXM eighty two. Yeah, you know, I started listening. I got I got XM. I got Sirius. Probably when I got a car. What was it? Two thousand twelve. We got a Toyota Highlander. It came with. XM. I said, all right. And I was a big Howard Stern fan. Okay. Right. Howard Stern, when he came to LA he's years funny. ago, oh, he's incredible. And so I always listen to Howard. So, and then he went to Sirius, of course. I go, I'm getting, I'm getting the XM for Howard. Yeah, they gave me a six month trial, but I stuck with it. And then, mm-hmm. and I saw Chris occasionally on David Letterman, but you know, being on the West Coast, we didn't know much about dog. Right. Yeah. You dog, know, he's yeah, a fan a, guy. Right. He's a New, New Yorker. York guy. Yeah. I saw him. I go, Who's this crazy? You know, I didn't really pay much attention, Mike and the Bad Dog. And then I was flipping around, and I think I just started listening to Chris, and then I started listening to Adam, and then next thing you know, I don't remember my first call. Jai might have been probably about late 2018 or mid September, maybe. I don't even know. And next thing you know. I'm hooked and I'm calling. You're, you're and you, calling and you, every it's day. It's crazy. Everybody jokes, right? You know, it's right, like yeah. Mike's either on hold or calling. Right. And people are amazed. How do you do it? How do you juggle it? And somehow I juggle it. I absolutely love Mad Dog Sports Radio. And when he and when you call his show, Jai, it is fantastic because I tell you, he takes such an interest in you, and you could tell from his voice how much he cares about you what you're he's doing the, how's the football nice. career what's going on in south carolina and not just chris but patrick Ma- Mawa oh, has oh, also yeah. taken interest yeah, adam shine has taken so yeah, you are obviously it, oh it's beautiful and i told you you got to start calling these other guys too yeah and it, it's absolutely fantastic you have a following you have randy from texas myself a lot of guys i really think are terrific and there's no doubt so that's how i kind of got started with christopher got- mad dog russo yeah. And Steve Tory. <laughs> oh, Steve, I, I, love, I love Steve. Steve, and of course, you and you and Steve had a little bit of a beef going on. This is the funniest thing. I, mean, I, I still have when you were on with Patrick back in. Yes. Uh, oh, that's a great time. And they played that cut with you and Doug. And it was like I called it. I called it to Steve, but he didn't. It is what it is. Where Chris played me off, he goes, "Okay, yes. my guy, to go." Yes. <laughs> Listen, let me let me. That was amazing. Patrick invited me up in studio. That's still a dream come true. I can't believe that happened. Him and Dustin Sweetelson, his producer, oh, they're, they're, they're they guys. were leaving. They got me in, and that was one of the best forty-five minutes I've ever had. It's just a thrill for me. I always kind of wanted to get into sports. It never really happened for me. I tried to get a job with the Angels out of college. I sent letters to all these teams back in nineteen eighty-four. So it didn't happen. So I got a regular job, you know, in finance or whatever. But at any rate, I'm just – I'm going to live my life through you, Jai, when you see <laughs> the success, and it's going to be fantastic. But it's fun calling. I have a great I'll, time. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do you proud, Mike. I'll do you <laughs> oh, no doubt. And, no Adam, doubt. Adam is good, too. I mean – Oh, oh he's terrific. God. Adam and – can we Bob take a Stu, moment? Bob Adam. Stu is one of the greatest <laughs> producers 
in the history of talk radio. Not just sports talk. He's amazing. Talk radio. He is fantastic. It's high. What's your name? What city? You what city and state you're calling from? You know. You know. What do you want to talk about? He He's, asks your opinion yeah. on what you want to talk to Shine about. He's like, thanks for calling. I mean, I called him the Friday before Christmas. Right. My call dropped. I called back about an hour and a half, two hours later. And he was like, so he was like, nah, now, and realistically, I had to hang up because I got, you know, I was, I got stuff to do. I was, I called him because I was finishing up exams, so I was free. And then I hung up when I got in the car. So then I called him back because I'm bouncing around, you know, the mall doing last minute <laughs> Christmas shopping. So right. I was like, sorry, lost bills. I was like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So it's like, you know, so he, he's just such a great, nice guy. And then Adam is just, he's, he's, he's just, he's just a classic. What's that, what's that Yiddish word that you and, uh, Shana, <clears throat> oh uh, my gosh, we use so many, Meshugana, uh, and there, there's, you know, um, Chutzpah with courage, Meshugana, I know, oh God, we use a few um, Yiddish words, um, 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 um. Are we describing Chris? You're saying? Yeah, yeah. What you it. use to describe Chris at the uh, Mensch? How about Mensch? Yes, that's what it was. Mensch yeah. is, and that's you, Jai. Mensch is like a great human being in Yiddish, you know. And by the way, there are a lot of Jewish guys at Mad Dog Sports Radio. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's amazing. Shine, and I always, shine, shine and, and how about Spitzer, the the and Spitz, Steve yeah, Larry sure. Longballs and yeah. uh, <laughs> Steve <laughs> Cohen, that. Steve Cohen and all these guys Evan and all the Cohen. guys were Evan Cohen who, ba- who Babchuk. Babchuk. Oh, I gotta after dog, I gotta get Babchuk <laughs> you got, for him. You gotta now, get Babchuk. Now, now I'm gonna have to change my rating for my show to explicit. <laughs> but it will be worth it to have Babs on bouncing around, you know, ask, asking, you know, asking the Bouncing around is so right because a couple yeah. times I've called and we're gonna we'll get and I've called a few weeks ago I called Adam and all of a sudden my coffee in the car literally had such a leak in my cup my whole like coffee cup area was filled with coffee I'm like running around like a maniac at the office trying to get uh, paper towels Bob Stu say Mike we're coming to you soon and I'm trying to clean up I got paper towels flying out the car and I got on with Adam but a couple times I've dropped him in, in like a bad cell area and. You're right. You call back. Bob Stu is the nicest, oh, decent he's fantastic. guy. Eddie should take a lesson. Billy Z. I mean, they're not exactly going to sit there and uh, you know warm your uh, <laughs> warm you up. You know, Eddie. You Eddie, don't hear from Eddie, Eddie. It's like hello. You know, <laughs> Eddie, Eddie's good. You know, the, Eddie's you know, good. The, the, the they're all good. Eddie a lot, but yeah, Eddie. They're all good. Yeah, Bob Stu is top of the line. They're Bob all Stu's good, the best. Bob, that's what Bob, says. Bob Stu's the best. Bob oh, they're great Stu guys. Is. Ray Collar's great guys. The some, just an incredible situation. I love I'm just so happy. Huck in Missouri is another <laughs> one of my favorites. He, he provides like that, that uh, old-fashioned Southern. Yeah. You know, oh, that, 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 he is. Oh, he, and his jokes are so off-color on Twitter. We oh, can't have it. He, he's, my he, God, he's, he's talking so about hilarious. he's in a part of Los Angeles. He might contract something. I mean, it's just completely inappropriate. With yeah. Huck, but he, he's a, you know, he's Huck. He's, he's, he is, he's one of a kind. He, he is, is one of a kind. I love all the guy. calls. I what, love all the callers. One of my favorite moments with Huck was when I called into Dog back in May, and and um, Dog brought up the fact either I or so, but brought up the fact <laughs> that I had a junior prom, mm-hmm. and I didn't, and I did. I remember that, right? You're looking for a date. date for the prom. 
So then dog, <laughs> dog is just hilarious. It was like, I'll do you one better. You call us up before six o'clock and we'll have Steve Tory for the text. So, and, and I couldn't find the date. So Huck calls up. Huck calls up later in the show and he says, and he's like, and it, yeah, so he's like, it feels bad. Like, I couldn't get a date. He was like, a bad chick, bad chick, give him a date. He's like, he, this, this was Huck's words. He said, good Lord, bad chick knows every stripper from Beijing to Brooklyn. And it's just a funny line. And then Doug says, he's like, he's like, Huck, we're not looking. He's a, he's a, you know, he's like, he's Jai's an impressionable young man. We can't, you know, we can't look him up with that. Jesus. Oh my gosh. It's absolutely a hysterical that's what makes the radio the station great oh it's, it's all those guys and whether it's mario from minnesota who i he, he's he, he, he's, he's incredible he's so surly but i i just love those guys i love listening to those guys you know and listen you know you have people that like you don't like it like when i call people like it they don't like it but one thing we bring is passion yeah. to the calls like you yeah. bring passion to your podcast and your calls for sure it's good to have a laugh man feels yeah, good it does um but I, one of the reasons why, other than the fact that I like you and you're one of my favorite callers, and the <laughs> reason why I was like, you know, he was perfect, he's perfect for this uh, situation, was because uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter passed away on Sunday. And you, of course, where, where were you born, Mike? In Inglewood, California? I was born in Inglewood, so close. Where the fabulous former, the Lakers and Magic, they all made, you know, Showtime. Showtime, yeah. baby. You know, yeah. I was born in the city of Inglewood, and I lived in Gardena, another suburb of Los Angeles close by, before we moved to Orange County back in 1969, but obviously continued to be a tremendous Laker yeah. fan. Yeah. Lakers fan. Mm-hmm. Right. Big, big time Lakers fan. Right. And right. And Mike lives out in the Orange County, Los Angeles area. So. Yes, I do. So I wanted to get his thoughts on the pulse of the city these last six days or so, so. Uh, first off, how's how's like the motion of the city of Los Angeles? I mean, I get. I mean, obviously, you guys are very downtrodden and depressed because Kobe is one of you guys' greatest heroes. But give me, give the audience, those of us who don't live in Los Angeles, give us that that well, insider feel of how sure. the city's been the last few days. You know what, Jai? The thing about being a Lakers fan and a Kobe fan, it's not even just Los Angeles. It's all the cities. It's, of course, by Staples Center, which you've seen on the news. You've seen on the broadcast the incredible outpouring of love at, uh, you know, L.A. Live, all the memorials. But it extends all throughout Riverside County, Orange County, San Bernardino County, outlying areas, mm-hmm. then north, south, east, west. You're talking... A hundred mile radius. Laker fans are all throughout Southern California, even down to San Diego. You know, so it's pretty amazing uh, the you know the grief that is felt. I've never experienced anything like it from somebody I didn't know, but I love the athlete. But it's it's this story right itself. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Kobe, one of the greats. His lovely daughter, his teammates, his coach, assistant coach. Uh, his, you know, his another. Do- his daughter's a spitting image of Kobe, Isn't Kobe she? too. Oh looks, my god! Looks just that—that's what makes it just painful. And when I heard that when they died, like everything, she was in his. Oh my goodness! I couldn't believe it. Just real quick on the on that, I was on you know last Sunday. I'm just kind of uh, trying to get a workout in on the treadmill, trying to stay in shape for 58 years old. And I'm watching college basketball. You know I me. Mean? I'm watching that. I almost tweeted Steve Torrey because it was Indiana basketball. 
And right. I get off the treadmill. I look on teams. He says, they, Kobe they, helicopter. They, yeah, Indiana lost to uh, Steve. Steve's team, Indiana, lost to Maryland. Uh, they did. Look, see, I, you know, it's, I didn't even know what happened that day because I was so out of it after that. I get off and I look at my phone. My son's downstairs. He goes, Dad. I go, Adam. And the next thing you know, we're like, look. And next thing you know, there's a KABC report on Twitter, the local ABC affiliate. And say, yes, it's confirmed. Kobe yeah. has died. And I literally, I started all, I, I kind of, my voice was quivering. I was so upset. I didn't just flat out cry yet. My wife is downstairs. And from there on, we were just consumed the by the Italian. news. The beautiful Italian. The beautiful Italian. Thank you so much. <laughs> she is. I don't know. Talk about. Talk about uh, what's that called? Jai out kicking the out kicking the coverage. Out kicking the coverage. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. Mm. I mean, it's like I'm a two forty uh, utility guy, you know, <laughs> hoping to get up, and get get a couple swings, and she is literally, you know, a uh, you know first round draft pick, as it all five tool player. She's wonderful. Right. She's wonderful. Yeah, but anyhow, so we come down and right. Jai from there on, it was just non. I've been consumed, you know, by what happened and just the fact. Kobe, you know, uh, by the way, we have Kobe posters in the house. We have my son yeah. and I just put up a Kobe frame picture from game seven, 2010. Uh, he has one above his bed. And I told Adam this week, my sister got my son. My son played high school ball. And there's a picture of him shooting a free throw in high school. And she somehow got Kobe superimposed in back of him. Yeah. And this is and it's just beautiful. And I literally I had a couple of tears when I saw that recently in the house. But just the fact it was Kobe and his daughter everybody's from Orange County, Jai. You know how I love Orange County. I'm always yeah. talking about Orange County. The baseball you, coach. You, yeah, it's right. crazy. I go nuts You, want, you want me and Chris to move over there. I do want you guys out here. I'm always telling Chris, because he loves it when he comes here to Southern California. You can tell he's happy. He was bouncing around Anaheim a few months ago. I told him he should look me up for lunch. I would love for you to go to college out here. You know, I have Steve Torrey, get him to move out. I've lived here my whole life. You know, right. L.A., Orange County. So it was just everything about the story, Jai. Orange Coast College, where John Atabelli was a great baseball coach, four national yeah. titles. Uh, you know, his his daughter, who was a wonderful player, too, with Gianna and the Mamba team. And then right. another parent, a sister coach, Christina Man. Um, oh, God, what is her last name? Mansour. And they're having her memorial tonight in Huntington Beach, actually, at the pier. They had the Altabelli Alyssa's the other night in Newport Beach. So it's affected me in so many ways from the L.A. Lakers story, who I, belo- who I love, to the Orange County element of it. Every day I just wake up, uh, I can't shake it. I'm so sad. And I look in the sky, and the weather has been beautiful, Jai. Beautiful. And it's, so, it's such a sad irony that that took place on that day. So it's, it's been rough. It's been rough. It's been rough for everybody, I think, you know, that loved Kobe, loved basketball. Love life, love parenting. It's just a very uh, tragic story. Really amazing. It is. Yeah. And I read uh, in the paper the other day, because I still like to read newspapers. uh, Mike, did you know that we get uh, the New York Post and the New York Times and New York Daily News down here in Baltimore? Did not know that. We do. I get them at our local local Wegmans. Let's see, I got, <laughs> let's, let's count. I got, um, I got one New York Post, yeah. two New York Post, Daily News, hold on, and, um, and another New York Post. I got the New York Post from December the 28th, New York Post from June 10th, 
and I got the New York Post from June 25th and then the Daily News from May the 24th. So, and I, good. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Sorry, so, some so, call just came through. I declined that immediately. Are you kidding? Yeah. I mean, come on. It's like, it's like, Jai, t- literally next to meeting President Obama, Magic Johnson, David Letterman. I mean, Jai Shields. I mean, we got to, you Thank know, you. that's how exciting it is for me. Thank you. Appreciate it. But I read that yeah. um, Shaq, who, of course, has a home in Atlanta, was bouncing around yeah. the uh, Georgia suburbs and went into a Best Buy. And he ran into this fan who base, who came up to Shaq and offered him condolences for the death of Kobe. And mm-hmm. I think it was his brother, I think, either his brother or some family member of Shaq's that passed away within the last 12 months. And he came up and he offered Shaq condolences. And was Beautiful. Be okay. And the guy was there to buy a laptop. And you know what Shaq did? He told mm-hmm. him, he said, go find the most expensive thing up in here. And I'll pay for it, and I'll pay for it. Amazing. You know, Jai, and that brings up a great point. The Lakers has had, obviously, to me, the greatest players in NBA history, from Jerry West to Elgin Baylor to Wilt Chamberlain to Magic, Kareem, Cap, as we call him. I mean, Matt, I mean, it's just incredible. And they're all really kind people. And each Mm -hmm. generation loves the next generation. Yeah. Magic loved Kobe. He calls him the greatest Laker, and that is something yeah. coming from a great Laker, my favorite mm-hmm. athlete personally, Irvin Magic Johnson. There's like, there's so many generate. There's like with every generation, there's like that great Laker player, you know. It's amazing. You got Elgin and 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 Jerry West and Kareem, and then it goes into the Magic days. Incredible, James in Worthy 80s with with Pat Riley and Worthy, of oh. course, and then in the nineties with. With uh, Kobe in early two thousands, with Kobe and Shaq, and then and LeBron mid mid late two thousands mm-hmm. with Kobe and Pau Gasol. There you go, very good. And, that, and then they got, and then now in the two thousand in the late two thousand tens, two thousand twenties, you got LeBron and Anthony Davis. Amazing, so it ab- you, you, perfect, exactly. It's an amazing group and Laker fans. It's been a long time, obviously, since 2010. Yeah, it's been rough. Yeah. It's been a rough stretch, and you know, a lot of people didn't well, accept LeBron, but he's here. Yeah. We're excited. They, they, I, t- I tell you what, if LeBron goes ahead and channels his inner Mamba mentality and and leads you guys to a championship come June, it'll, all you'll see was remember when Laker fans were like. Where a lot of the traditional Laker fans were one to no parts of LeBron James, and now look at him now. Exactly, he's, he's, he's like their hero because of because of the unfortunate circumstances with Kobe, and and you can also put that debate to rest because because especially if LeBron wins a championship for LA, they'll love, they'll love him both equally. Oh my gosh, it'll be one of the most yeah. emotional championships, Jai. And I, I oh. literally love. I've always been LeBron. Listen, the guy's been under the microscope microscope since what age? 16, 17? In the limelight, done everything right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Miami thing was kind of unusual with what he did going down there with you know the press conference, but the mm-hmm. guy's done things great. Great dad, great husband, mm-hmm. incredible great talent. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. I, there's just people that hate. What are you going to do? Yeah. But he he's fit in nicely. This year's been terrific. But I know we're getting off track a bit, but. Just the greatness of this organization. And Jerry West, you know, he brought in Kobe. And you probably saw him on TNT. Bringing yeah, Kobe in the best workout they've ever seen in the history of the league. When he brought Kobe into L.A., <laughs> they think they went to uh, 
some gym in L.A. Dell Harris, I think, recounted the story, maybe with Chris this week. And it was unbelievable, Jai, his workout. This kid was just unbelievable. But he had his work his way into the lineup. You know, it wasn't right. instant success, as you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's just real so many, so many memories. But, um, you know, if I think about Kobe, just real quick about him in Orange County, Jai. He really loved it, as you know, living out here. Vanessa is wife from Orange County. Mm-hmm. She went to high school very close to my high school, obviously a lot younger. But he loved it here mm-hmm. so much that he sacrificed living close, driving in, what have you. Uh, that's why he started taking the helicopter, obviously, because he lived mm-hmm. in Newport Beach, California. It's a good two-hour drive with traffic to Staples Center. It's terrible right. traffic out here. So he loved it. And I know people that saw him around town. He'd go to malls, movie theaters. My friend, great friend of mine, him and his boys got a picture with him a few years back. I saw it this week. He sent it to me. And just nicest guy. And he was in this phase of his life, Jai, where he loved being a right. dad and coach. Mm-hmm. And he had the business. He, he found the second Unbelievable. Half of himself. Yeah. Unbelievable. And you hear so many people. It's, last night was incredible on Spectrum Sportsnet, which I know you don't get, with Derek Fisher, James Worthy, Robert Ory. They did the pregame. They did the show, the Lakers station. And it was just mm-hmm. such a... Unbelievable night last night it was. At, at Staples Center, which I think everybody was riveted. Yeah, it was. It was really – I just feel bad, though, just for those kids, you know, not growing oh. up without a sister, especially the especially the young infant. Oh, my goodness gracious. And, Terrible. And I, and, I tell, and I tell you the truth. His wife deserves some sort of award or something because – and you heard that she was like trying to hold. She's trying to be strong for the sake of the kids. Right. If it's me and it's you know a spouse that I love and my kid, who's like at a decent age where I've had plenty of memories, um, I I tell you, I I'd be I, I tell you, I'd I I'd, I'd struggle. It's rough. It's, it's unbelievable. And, you know, Rob Polink, I know, has been down there in Newport Beach, I read. And Rob Polink was like a family member. He was the godfather to Gianna. And here it's so it's so interesting, right? The godfather, Kobe's best friend and agent, then becomes a GM of the Lakers. It's just such an mm-hmm. interesting the way it all worked out. And he's his 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 statement was just unbelievable. One of the best statements I've seen. Saying and, and that, you know, unbelievable. Yeah. You know? And it's and it's yeah, it's just so ironic just how one year it can just change things because about a year ago it was Lakers or you know Lakers were the circus with Palenka and Magic and LeBron and the team wasn't winning, players weren't getting along. Yep. And now you turn around a year later, the franchise is just one big united happy family that you know if. You know, if things go right, they can end up winning another championship come come this upcoming June. Which would be number 17, and which would tie, <clears throat> excuse me, the dreaded Boston Celtics, their oh. arch nemesis. Yeah. So that would be beautiful. We'll just have to see how it all plays out. But uh, it's such as you see, Lakers, you always hear the nation, Lakers nation. Right, or, yeah. But, you know, all these teams have nations, right? Celtics. Mm-hmm. But Lakers Nation really means Lakers Nation. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the support, how much this man meant to the organization? And Magic Johnson, seeing him last night in the jersey, he's a beautiful human being, Magic Johnson. Yeah, and he's got a good life story, too, with the, 70, oh. with the 79 game with uh, Larry and then 
and his phenomenal career. 42 in 1980, game six, Jai, as a rookie. I'll never forget it. 42 in the final, Jai, as a rookie playing center because Kareem was hurt, and he won the title versus Philly. It was fantastic. He was unbelievable with those five titles. I could go on all day about him, Jai, I'm telling you. You Listen, Me me, me and you one of these days are going to have to co-host a show together. (laughs) When, Listen, when, when I, I get on the, the air, I just make the fine. Oh make my God! Will you have me on again? Are you yeah, kidding of me? Of course, of course. Oh yeah, it's such a. I listen. I I love. I listen to your podcast every week, as you know. Mm-hmm. And I do not miss a podcast, and I love your podcast. I laugh out loud with you and your friend Brendan. Yes, fantastic. Yeah. You two are hysterical. You're hysterical. Your brother yes. comes on doing his picks. It's just, it's just a beautiful story, Jay. You're obviously Thank from you. a terrific family. Your mom and dad Thank should you. be commended. They've done an incredible job with you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, to, I want to get you for a few other things before I let you go. Um, you got it. For, uh, Super Bowl will be the last thing. Thing number one, uh, you and I both can't stand the Astros as far as we can throw them. No. Uh yeah, um, Verlander, the whole uh, just, uh, I, 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 I can't stand it. I, can't I love it when you go absolutely berserk, and my I, son too. I when you go, can't. when you go berserk on Justin Verlander, it oh, is a Kate up to. Oh, he's such a fraud. <laughs> so ashamed. I gotta hear Kate up thoughts on the on the runner interference in Game Six of the World Series. Did you get put it on Twitter for that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. As a matter of fact, I joined Twitter about a year ago. I because God forbid, you know, God, God forbid, you say some of these precious celebrities. Uh, uh, that, 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 that's for the birds, Mike. I, mean, I got it. I, I got, got it. I got. A, I got to hear her thoughts uh, on her runner interference at first base. Yet, yet, when her husband and his teammates get caught uh, red-handed for cheating, the owner gets fined five million bucks. His manager gets sent the pink slip. And the uh, the 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 GM or the you know the front office guy as well, Lunau, and I, and I got Verland up at the uh, BBWAA uh, <laughs> dinner making jokes oh, to, the that was, C- that was... to the point where CC Sabathia wants to go, uh, you know, Charles Barkley on his hind parts come out of his seat, take a chair, and bust it on the side of the head. I got Verlander making yeah. jokes and his wife being silent. Bregman avoiding the question. Altuve talking about we're focused on 2020. Shut up. Will you put, oh, that's stuff. That's stuff to take. But g- give me, give me yes. your thoughts on the Astros. I hate them. And the, <laughs> and, and, the, and the feeling amongst Angels fans. And, well, not just Angels fans, but well, LA fans because they played the Astros. Uh, or excuse me, they played the Dodgers in the 2017. Give me the feel Jai? on how the city feels about that. Yeah. Well, Go listen, ahead. no, no, I was going to say, okay, the Dodgers, and, that, and I'm more of an Angels fan, obviously, but I did grow up a Dodger yeah. fan for a bit. My grandpa, he kind of, back in the day, he had a hat shop in L.A. and a women's dress store, and the, the Dodger wives used to come in in the 1960s and things, and I had other family members. But I moved out to Orange County, became more of an Angel fan, but I don't root against the Dodgers. But, yeah, they are livid <laughs> in L.A. about what happened. But as an Angels fan, and and I and I and I, if, if you roll the tape to me with Patrick Mawat in the summer, I went absolutely crazy when Jonathan Lucroy, as you remember, oh, did. got yep. run over by Jake. Is it Marisnik or Marisnik? Yeah, whatever. Jake Marisnik, Ran him yeah. over. Almost did Ray Fossey. Almost almost Pete Rose Ray Fossey like career-ending injury. It was horrible. And the Astros were silent after that. No apology. Nothing. 
Uh, AJ Hinch didn't say a heck of a lot. He said, okay, you got a couple of games. That's deserved. It, it, to me, it should have been a, a good 15, 20 games, maybe longer suspension. It was a brutal slide. I think I told Chris to uncalled for. They, yeah. a few weeks later, come to Anaheim. Marisnik is up at bat. I think it's Noe Ramirez for the Angels. Plunks him on the shoulder. The Astros bench goes crazy about that little payback. Well, they they should they should have saw it coming. Are you kidding me? But they should have. And if and if they uh, think pay, a little, on a, on a, a little, little, yeah, that's what I say. They, right. If they think a little plunk on the shoulder, just wait because these pitchers out here will be throwing a hundred miles an hour at their ribs, at their butt, at their shoulder, and God forbid, a few of them. I mean. I tell you one thing. They lucky that your Donald Ventura is not still on this earth because, because <laughs> he no, because seriously, Mike, yeah, he, he go, yeah. he'd be going down the lineup. I'm like, he'd go, okay, I'm hitting this guy I in gotcha. the ribs. I'm hitting this guy in the butt. I'm hitting this guy trying to get one around his dome. I mean, that's just the type of the type of guy Ventura right. was. But it's like you can't sit up here and do these things and then have no remorse. And they expect that others aren't going to feel that. That's well, let me tell you the rest of this. So then the, he goes to first only... base, and they start right. chirping at Albert, the great Albert Pujols. Classy, mm-hmm. uh, one of the best players in the history of, of Major League Baseball, obviously. And someone starts chirping. I'm almost certain it was Verlander and your buddy Bregman. Oh, he, uh, Those idiots. Because Bre- Bregman, H- Bregman thinks he's Dean Martin. Oh, <laughs> Oh, 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 that guy's so an tough, idiot. Tough. Thank God, Mike. Well, we'll get into that a little bit. But anyway, so so they start chirping. Albert never gets mad. And he wanted to fight the dugout. He was going to go in after them because they probably said something ridiculously stupid. But let me just say this, John. I'm so happy Michael Trout. I talked about him a little bit on Mad Dog Radio. Have you heard me talk about Mike Trout? <laughs> you always you always fight. Mike, we can be talking about the, su- the Super Bowl can go three overtimes. Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo can combine for twenty touchdown passes, and and Gloria Estefan can do a solo at the halftime show with J Lo and Shakira, and you'll still find a way did to you, fit did in. Did you hear my call real quick with fit, Chris? To fit, to Chris, fit Chris got so mad at me over the summer. He was talking about the Raiders. Um, it was Trout's birthday. And I go, Eddie, can I bring up Trout? He goes, I guess, go ahead, feel free. Eddie gave me the okay. I think Eddie knew I was going to get killed. Chris <laughs> was talking about the Raiders, maybe the Hall of Fame. I go, hey, Chris, real quick, you know it's Trout's birthday. He goes, Mike, you trying to kill the show? Oh, you got to be kidding me. And he hung up on me. <laughs> and people went after me so hard. But Don't, guess, the, because oh. Dog's like an old man, he kind of oh. gets like into those moods. Where I, he's love like, I love him. I love him. He's like, uh, I don't even yeah, care. We, we, we all love but I'm just glad Michael Trout beat Bregman. Thank goodness. I think all of baseball is happy. Michael Trout, and he's a hell of a and, guy. And to, beat and Bregman, to, that jack and to, for yeah, the MVP. And to, and to think that I had actually, for one point in time, was in Bregman's corner to win MVP. Never liked him. I'm, I'm, imagine that. What about dropping the bat at first base in the World Series, Jay? Oh, what? no, come on. Bregman, <laughs> he, do I have to pull up his stats? Because <laughs> you got me in the mood, okay? I'm a, he did absolutely nothing in that World Series. He didn't Absolute. seem like he did a lot. He did, Thank he goodness. Not, he hit like – he hit – he couldn't hit his weight. Uh, I'm telling you, Mike. He, he couldn't. He couldn't crack 200. Let's hear it. Yeah. While it. you're looking that up, and I, I'm so happy because Howie Kendrick, one of the all-time popular Angels, a terrific guy, had such a beautiful postseason for the Nationals, and it was just so great to see Howie 
get a World Series ring. He hit he hit two thirty one in the postseason. <laughs> you keep keep talking because I'm a fan. Oh no, it's good. Stuff. So I was happy about Howie. I was so happy for the Nationals. They got a nice and you live back there. You know the that they seem like they got a decent fan base. You they, know they got a decent fan base. They're you know, not, I mean, they're not cocky. You get, Seem you like got to take it. You, I mean, the Nationals, they got a good fan base, but you gotta, also got to take it with a grain of salt because yeah. a lot of the Nationals fan base were Orioles fans back in, like, 1994. Yeah. Cal Ripken and the Shrieking couldn't get enough of it that, you know, that because the Orioles obviously were terrible in 2005, so they, like, you know, they jumped ship. So you, so you kind of have to take the Nationals fans, you know, sure. with, a, with a grain of salt a lot of times because a lot of them were uh, – were former Orioles fans, but by know, the way, Jai, your your angels and my and the, your angels, my Orioles have intersected a bit. Cal Ripken broke the streak against the Angels, ninety five, mm-hmm. right? And also, the yeah. Angels' first playoff appearance in nineteen seventy nine was against the your Orioles, Orioles and, and Doug Desensei yeah. absolutely destroyed us, and oh, that's why we went out and got him. Doug Desensei a couple of years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he killed, absolutely, absolutely. Oh God, he killed and, us. And we went to the World Series, had a three-one lead against the. Uh, I know the, we are family against against the against the uh, Pirates, and they absolutely spit the bit. Uh, here's here's Bregman. Yeah, more stats. World Series. Yeah, here, here's Bregman. Because if you, if you think I'm gonna let Bregman slide, you got another <laughs> thing coming. Entire series. This is what he hit. He hit a collective two oh seven in the series. <laughs> Couldn't hit his weight. He finished the postseason with a two thirty four average, four home runs, and 12 RBIs and 64 plate appearances. And his career in the postseason, two thirty one with 10 home runs and 27 RBIs. But in the regular season, he's a career lifetime two eighty six hitter and hit two ninety six with forty. How do you hit two? How do you hit two ninety six with forty one home runs, a hundred and twelve RBIs, and have an OPS of over a thousand? Yet turn around in the postseason at two thirty four and have an OPS of eight thirty two. <laughs> enough, enough of Bregman. Oh, he makes me sick. Jai, stunning, sick. stunning about the cheating. Stunning about how they did it. It's just unbelievable to me. And the Angels, I know, they start out the season in Houston, and then mm. six games later, Houston comes to Anaheim. All right, in, in Game Seven, mm. Eight, Nine. I understand the Dodger fans are going to fill Angel Stadium and just kill. Well, the Astros. Yes, I think. I mean, will. I think everybody's going to destroy the Astros all year. For them to sit up there at their fan fest, which is absolutely ridiculous, and say Altuve saying, "Who I used to like," and he used to say, "We're going to win another World Series." Are you kidding like, me, Jose? Really? Well, really? it's terrible. It's, uh, it's, it's this organization. <laughs> now, hire Dusty. Oh, yeah, Dusty. The only, the only, the only person that honestly, I hate to cut you off. Yeah, go but ahead. The only person that actually like looks like some sort of. Class is the owner. The owner came yeah. right out and was like, "This team will apologize." Uh, spring training, and if they have it twisted, they got another thing coming. But it's Altuve, really? I mean, I get it. You're a nice little athlete, you know. Your, right. your story's good. You're like five foot four, and you. It's, a care, and it's you, incredible what he does. And, yeah, and, really your, and your muscles are, are the size of fully inflated NFL footballs. Yeah. But I mean, let's be fair. I mean, you you are five four, and you're going up against guys like Aaron Judge, who are like. You know, six foot nine, and uh, so I mean, let, let, uh, I'll too. But I, I know just because you're a strong athlete. Let's keep in mind, you don't. 
I tower over you. Okay, I'm I'm about six two. You're five foot four. I mean, let's 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 not act like they were bigger than our britches, please. The media coverage but, next month of spring training is going to be unprecedented, Chai. Don't you think it's going to be oh, relentless on these we're, guys? We're already and, in fe- we're already in February. By the time oh yeah, month, February. I'm we'll, sorry. Here we are. Having, My God, we'll be having a spring training baseball. Absolutely. I forgot the Super Bowl's in February now, Chai. Back in the old days, it was January. Now I was growing up. Yeah, it was the last. Should we talk Sunday Super Bowl to end it? Yep, the Super Bowl ended. Uh, who do you who do you like, Chiefs or uh, Niners? You know, Jai, this week, obviously, my mind's been elsewhere, as you can imagine, as most of the nation has, especially Southern California. And it's just one of those weeks. But you know what? Patrick Mahomes is, is just an amazing athlete and quarterback. Now, the key is – Our guy Shine, our guy Shine goes – my God, <laughs> Isn't he great when he does that? Yeah, he's fantastic. Adam and I were talking and then, Lockers and once. And Shannon, and, Shannon, and Shannon Sharp was, my man, my homeboy, go pull up the club, shake, shake, shake. Oh, those guys are fantastic. Certainly. I, I, I don't know which one I like more. Uh, I don't uh, uh. Patty, my home, my homeboy, or uh, my homeboy, my guy, Patty Mahomes. I'm taking my guy. I Patty keep telling Mahomes. Adam when he comes out for the Super Bowl, what in 2022 we're going to Delhi. <laughs> I got to meet Adam Shine at a delicatessen. Oh, a Jew that, from New that, York and a Jew from the West. He's a, I got oh that that will be Bob Stu, you, you and Adam and Bob Stu. It's a beautiful group, but oh, back yeah, to the Super Bowl. Pick. You know what? Right. I just think with Mahomes and Andy Reid, the poor guy's been through so much. I want to see the Chiefs. And what's it been? 1970, you know, we're talking. 1969. 69, 70. Yeah, yeah 70 Super more. Bowl. So there you go. You know, count the years on that. I think it's 40. It's been 50 years, and Joe Buck's father. Is that amazing? CBS. Is that amazing? So and I hear the Chiefs fans are unbelievable. They are so loyal. So oh, I, I think the Chiefs could do it. The Niners are, the, you know, listen, the Niners have played well this year but my rams almost beat them for goodness sakes in the last part of the mm-hmm. season you know how up and down the rams yeah, week were. 16 yep. you know so they're kind of up and down maybe they have a better overall <laughs> team but if they can get the patty Mahomes, mm-hmm. it'll be beautiful i think every, i think most yeah. of the nation like to see the kansas city chiefs win i know i, I can't wait to hear your pick because you're obviously a, yeah. a young expert I'll say, yeah i'll save mine i'll say beautiful mine the end of the program but but, uh, yeah, it should be a very entertaining Super Bowl. And it, sh- it should be. And us sports fans, we deserve it, given what we've had to go through this week with the loss of Kobe. And oh, Rangers. my goodness. And not, and not just with the Kobe thing, but after last year's Super Bowl, we deserve a thriller. I mean, oh, that 13-3. And my Rams. With the Rams. Oh, I mean, that was uh, horrible. What, I mean, would you – Give me, let me ask you a question. Would you have rather have liked to see them lose Super Bowl the way they did in a snooze fest? Or have them win it? In, no, let me rephrase that. Would you rather have liked to have seen them lose yeah. in a snooze fest, or see them lose where it's tight neck and neck last last second? Tom Brady down the field with the game winning drive. Yeah, I mean it was a terrible. That's a good question because that would have been heart wrenching. You know, heart, you know, it was a close game though. Actually, right? What was it? Thirteen to three? It was. It was a. Cl- it was a Brent, close competitive football game, but it just it lacked so much. And Cook should have brought in a ball. It really did. I, it was so like nondescript as a Super Bowl. So probably yeah. the rate would have been rough. But I'm just glad we knocked that, off the Saints that, and those whiners. Sean Payton had to get <laughs> on the phone with the NFL office afterwards. I keep telling Adam I cracked well, up. 
they they deserve what they get, especially after letting Kirk Cousins walk in there. And, oh, and 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 then I got and then I got Sean Payton, his dopey asinine fiance, his teenage kid, and Drew Brees sitting courtside watching Zion with uh, with the Pelicans playing the uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. the uh, the Pistons or uh-huh. whatever they played. I mean, come on, you guys were days away from losing to Kirk Cousins. Okay, not Fran Tarkington. Not Warren Moon, not Randall Cunningham. Kirk Cousins walked into your building, right? Okay, your building, and beat you guys in overtime in a playoff game. Yeah. I understand that you guys were about three inches from having a first round bye. I understand that, but I got them sitting courtside on a Wednesday night game, and I and Drew Brees taking pictures with Zion, and they just spit the bit in the playoff game at home against Kirk Cousins. Who up until that game was was allergic to performing in big time playoff games and big time games in general? I mean that that that's tough to take, but uh, it should it should be a very very interesting Super Bowl. It's it's actually been twenty years since uh, since the Rams who were in St. Louis yes. uh, went to the Super Bowl Ow. with Kurt Warner and the greatest show on turf and Georgia Fontier. That oh god, Jay, we'll save that for. Horrible woman, horrible woman. She ruined the franchise and a lot of mysterious drowning deaths about her husband, Carol Rosenblum, who was an incredible owner. The Rams have an incredible history, and Chris, by the way, loves the Rams history. He had Jack Youngblood on the other day, one of my favorite players back in the 79s and 1980 game, and uh, there's so much history. Jay, we could talk for hours. Oh, by the way, Jay, could, I don't know if my but, recording yeah. stopped, but whatever. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was one of the things I was going to bring up? How about Dog uh, yeah. having Earl Campbell on the show on Monday? That was fantastic. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe that. Earl Fr- and he got on. Who did he get on? Uh, Eddie? He, <laughs> or, or J- no, he Jared. No. He got on well, somebody. He got on some, he got, I think he got on, I think he got on Earl because he called oh, yeah, up yeah, as yeah, yeah. Earl and Austin <laughs> instead of instead of. That's Earl like Campbell, Irvin, but, Irvin in L.A. <laughs> right, yeah, Ir- Irvin in L.A. Yeah, Earl Campbell, you know Ir- Irvin in L.A. Yeah, hey, about out of L.A. <laughs> oh my God! God. But, uh, it's fantastic. Thank, thank, thanks, Mike. Jai, it's been, it's been fantastic. I'm telling you. Thank you. We'll we'll talk again. All right, take care, care, my friend. All right, take care. Be back on the Amat. Take care. Be back on the Amatelica TIS podcast right after this. Welcome back to Mattel Like a TIS podcast. Special thanks once again to Mike in Orange County for joining us. It is the Super Bowl, by the way, that's this Sunday. And that is going to get our attention for the remaining of the program. Um, and since I wasn't with you last weekend 
to recap Championship Sunday. I will do that right now. Um, I won't focus on the winning teams, of course, because they are the teams participating in Super Bowl uh, 54. So I'll take it from the standpoint of the losing teams. Uh, perspective. Do the AFC first. And Tennessee Titans, uh, they had a great season. And uh, regardless, they had a great season. You know, nine and seven. You know, nine and seven last year missed the playoffs on the last uh, day of the regular season to the Colts at home, and you turn around the next season, go nine and seven again, but make the playoffs on that week seventeen uh, day last Sunday in December. You beat the th- the three t- the three straight the three peat AFC champion New England Patriots and Saturday prime time on the road, which is no easy task. Uh, and then you turn around and you beat the best team in the AFC, best team in the, in the in, excuse me, best team in the NFL and in the AFC at the time, and the Baltimore Ravens MVP Lamar Jackson whole nine yards. Your defense doesn't let Lamar Jackson beat them neutralizes the Ravens running game and oh by the way Derrick Henry nearly rushes he ran for 197 rush yards in the game three yards away from dropping 200 on the Ravens and absolutely embarrassed the Ravens at M&T Bank Stadium and he and he win those two games and you know when you help when Derrick Henry is held under 100 yards rushing 150 let alone 100 yards of rushing he's you know when he's held when he's held below that, held below even 80 rushing yards, you and your quarterbacks Ryan Tannehill and not uh, Steve McNair, you're going to have uh, issues, especially when you're playing from behind and the guy on the sideline is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you, you're going to have issues, and and you're on the road, but you know, you, you, you're going to have issues, and the chances of you winning that game is slim to none. But no one's going to kill the Titans, no one's going to kill Vrabel. They had a fantastic season, nine and seven. The AFC championship, going nine and seven and making the AFC championship game is a pretty damn good impressment to be, uh, or a pretty damn good uh, accomplishment, I should say. Uh, regardless what uh, you know, what anybody says, I mean, I mean that's this was the two thousand seven. I mean this was like the two thousand seventeen Jaguars reincarnated. You know, they had the fight and claw. The Jaguars had the fight and claw to beat Buffalo in 2017 at home in a wild card game. They, you know, they they were an underdog against a heavily favored big bad AFC North team with the high flying offense. 2017 for the Jags was the Pittsburgh Steelers with with the three B's and Brown Bell and Big Ben Roethlisberger and that electrifying uh and that electrifying defense that everybody sh- had sure I mean everyone had it punched in media and the Steelers included had it marked in their calendars for Patriots-Steelers AFC Championship game. Same thing applied here. Everybody had Ravens and Chiefs AFC Championship game in Baltimore written down on their calendar uh, the Sunday the, uh, the Sunday before Dr. King Day. And what the Ravens and the, Jag- and the 2017 Jaguars did is that they took it for what it was worth used it as extra motivation, even though the Ravens didn't do a whole lot of talking. I mean, they talked throughout the regular season. They didn't do a whole lot of talking prior to the game, which the 2017 Steelers did. 
but they took it, but they took it for what it's worth, made a mental note and went and went into MT Bank Stadium on a Saturday night and absolutely embarrassed the team and embarrassed the fan base to shreds and sent the Ravens packing early for the tooth you know, until training camp two thousand and twenty. So there's a lot of parallels in between the team, an electrifying running back, a solid shutdown defense, and good co- and decent winnable quarterback play by an average Q- by average sub average uh, QB, and that's and that's basically how both teams got the AFC Championship games. The 2017 Jaguar team that was better than this Titan team because he has you also have to keep in mind the Jaguars came oh so close because they had a lead in that game a decent lead in that game believe it or not and and if Belichick and Brady weren't on the other side Jaguars or if they wouldn't have blown that early whistle on the uh, on the Miles Jack scooping score which should have been the Jaguars would have been in Super Bowl Fifty Two while the Titans essentially had to play from behind pretty much the entire game. And you can't expect to run the football solid with Derrick Henry when you're playing from behind. It's just not going to work. It's it's not going to work that way. When Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback and the Kansas City quarterback is is 2018 MVP Patrick Mahomes, it's just it's just not going to work. But uh, that's the AFC side. But the Titans, they have nothing to be ashamed of. They had a great season. On the NFC side with the Green Bay Packers, what a disgrace of a performance. I mean, they absolutely spit the bit and stunk up the joint all game long. I don't give a crap about what the statue says, okay? They were terrible. Defense, I mean, it was almost like I was watching a rerun of the game they played back in early November. I mean, the defense was terrible. You know... Can't tackle Mozart. Mozart, whatever his name is. I mean, defense was a was a sieve the entire game. You know that's enough. To, okay, enough with Mike Pettin. All right, you all wanted to put those the few of you out there who you know waxed poetic about Mike Pettin revolutionizing and changing up. You know that the Packers defense has changed and this, that, and the other. Well, okay, how do you explain the two games against the 49ers? Okay, so enough of Mike Pettin. Man. Take him out the Hall of Fame, please. Thank you. And over Roger and Aaron Rodgers is overrated. I'm sorry, but he did you know that he is now one in three in NFC Championship games? One in three. He beat Jay Cutler, who took himself out the game because he was riding a bicycle. He beat Jay Cutler in 2010. Lost, blew an incredible, choked. I shouldn't even say lost. Choked against the Seahawks in 2014. Choked. I know the guy Bostic let the ball bounce off his face mask, but he choked. Couldn't get couldn't get anything anything done done in that game. In the second half, was spit spit up the joint. The man and the and the putrid defense. 2016, they got railroaded by the Falcons, and then here they don't. And then in this game, they don't bother to show up until about midway through the third quarter. I mean, I know enough of Rodgers. I know everybody, you know, and, and Rodgers. I'm sorry, he just a he's not the a he's not as great as everybody thinks he is, and b he's just not that great of a leader. He's not going to give you that fire and brimstone. Pick me up speech, you know, let's go. Everything's going to be all right. He's not that motivational piece. And when you're a quarterback in the NFL and you want to be considered an all-time great and you're putting situations in the playoffs, you got to be that type of guy, you know. Favre is that type of guy. Peyton Manning is that type of guy. 
Tom Brady is that type of guy. Uh, Russell Wilson is that type of guy. Patty Mahomes is that type of guy. Uh, let me think. Um, Sean Watson is that type of guy. Now, you really don't have to because they got J.J. sitting there, but but you get the idea. Uh, who, uh, I mean, Carson Wentz is that type of guy, you know. The, 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 the quarterbacks that are, that are in the league that will give their team when they're, when they're down, when they face some adversity, they'll give them that fire and brimstone, encouraging, run through a wall for your speech, that, that little bit of a, that little pick-me-up that a team might need in order for them to get themselves back on track with their play and in order for them to reestablish uh, peace and calmness within themselves in their, uh, in their mind. Aaron Rodgers simply just does not have that. I don't know what it is about him. It's almost it's almost like when he plays, it's I'm Aaron Rodgers. I got all this talent. I can I I can hand, I handle my business. You you guys and what you guys do, it's up to you and you're on your own with that. You know, he's 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 a bit of a quiet diva, Aaron Rodgers is. He is. I mean, he he's he just doesn't give you that fire and brimstone uh, run through a wall for your speech that all the other great quarterbacks. I mean, his his predecessor, his predecessor Favre, he 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 was like that, you know, to that John Wayne aspect to him. Okay, Russell Wilson. Okay, Ru Russell Russell Wilson. You know, t teammates run through a brick wall for Russ. I don't know if they do the same for Rodgers. He's, he's he's a little quirky. He's not phenomenal talent, but he I I don't really classify him uh, so much as as a leader. It's he's you know it's like I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm gonna do me, and you guys better you know pick up the slack and just handle your business. You know. Uh, I don't, it, was, it was just a terrible, terrible performance. And again, one in three in NFC Championship games. That's not all-time greatness. I don't give a crap what anybody says. That's just the way it is. Take a break. Come back. Preview and get my pick for Super Bowl Fifty Four. Back right after this. Welcome back to Mattel Like a TIS podcast. Switching gears now to Super Bowl 54 and a nice preview and pick for you in this last segment of the program. Um, as you well know, NFC champion 2019, the San Francisco 49ers going up against the 2019 AFC champion, Kansas City Chiefs. 
Should be in a, in Hard Rock Stadium, formerly known as Sun Life Stadium, formerly known as Dolphin Stadium, formerly known as Joe Robbie Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. Uh, game will be televised in the U.S. on Fox and in Spanish on Fox Deportes if you guys uh, need that little bit of information. But it should be a very interesting and entertaining and memorable Super Bowl. At least I hope and pray that it does because like I told uh, you know, Mike in Orange County earlier that not just what's not just because sports fans have been suffering, uh you know, since uh since Kobe passed away. But I mean we also need a little bit of payback from the uh from the sports slash football gods for the Super Bowl we had to sit through last year. That's news fest between uh New England and the Rams. I mean we, we got we gotta so we should be and with Patrick Mahomes in there and the way the forty nines have played all season, we are we should be in for a very, very, very interesting, entertaining and competitive Super Bowl. Uh the way I'm gonna break it down is like this. The forty ers they can't. They play a little bit like the Titans did. Granted, Garoppolo was better than Tannehill, and they both teams relied on great defensive play to sort of rattle the opposing quarterbacks. But here's the thing: if the Chiefs are up or up and are up early, you can forget about Raheem Mozart and all the other and Tevin Coleman. You can forget all about all those. All those running backs that that the uh, that the Forty Niners have thrown at you all season, because if they are, because if because if the if it's seventeen if it's seventeen seven, uh, about midway through the second quarter or twenty one seven, or twenty or twenty eight uh or twenty eight fourteen or something like that, and it comes uh, middle of the second quarter, you can forget about the running game, and that game will have to be won by the arm. Of Jimmy Garoppolo, if they get down and if they get down early, by two touchdowns or seventeen points, four, fourteen or seventeen points, it blow me out the water if it be twenty one. But if they're down t- four, between fourteen seventeen points, they have got to, got to, and will be and have no choice but to throw the football. In my opinion. Because you can't, because you can't afford to pick and ch- you can't run the football the way you want to when you don't have the lead. Okay, the game is short and the game moves fast, very very fast. Andy Reid, even though it was fifteen years ago, he's been there, done that, you know, and lost and lost his Super Bowl. Not to mention Andy Reid is very good when he has oh, an extra week to prepare. He's he's his record's just as good as Belichick coming off of bye weeks, just as good, and he and he added another and he added another win to that record when they beat the when they beat the Texans a few years ago. So you 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 gotta so if the Chiefs get the ball first to begin the game, if you're the Forty ers defense with Bosa and the boys, you got to rattle 
Patrick Mahomes quick, fast, and in a hurry. He can't waste time. You cannot allow him to take these three, four, five-step drops, have all day in the pocket, scramble all over the place, and find Tyreek Hill for, for a 30-yard reception, and then have him run in, in Deacon Dyke people to gain an extra 15 yards. They can't. If the 49ers want to win this football game, they cannot, under any circumstances, allow the Chiefs offense to get into rhythm, especially early in the game. They have to knock the the Chiefs' offense off their proverbial rocker because once they get in the rhythm, it's going to be very very hard for them to get out to, for them to get out of it. A lot of these players on on this Forty Nine er team have little to no experience in the Super Bowl outside of Richard Sherman, outside of Richard Sherman, Emmanuel Sanders, and and the head coach. No nobody. Nobody, you know, no no Super Bowl experience, and a G, and the GM, but he but he he but he's just he's sitting up in the booth. He has nothing to do with what goes on on the field. Besides Shanahan, Richard Sherman, and Emmanuel Sanders, and Tevin Coleman, there's not that there's not that much Super Bowl experience on on this te- on this team, especially. I mean, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have Super Bowl experience either. But he's but he's got that he's got that wow factor. He you know he he was in the AFC Championship game last year, and his and his coach was coached in the Super Bowl. So take it so take it for what it's worth. But I mean they they don't have the the coach is the coach unless he wins Sunday night is never gonna is never gonna hear the end of twenty eight to three, when he was a Falcons offensive coordinator. His running, his running back Tevin Coleman, and it was the only is the only big guy of you know him and him and Emmanuel Sanders are the guys that um with the Super Bowl experience, and then of course on defense Richard Sherman, but Nick Bosa doesn't have he's a rookie. I mean, so so you can kind of so you can and I know I've been hearing things all week. Will the Chiefs? Well, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. Will the Chiefs act like that they've won the Super Bowl already? Because I heard because I was seeing the same type of partying behavior from the Forty ers too. So both of these teams are acting like that they've kind of quote unquote been crowned Super Bowl champions already. Maybe it's maybe it's just the confidence of of both the silent confidence of both teams, or just the fact that it was in Miami and they just and uh, and for a lot of them it's their first Super Bowl and they just wanted just to live it up. So I I'm I'm not exactly sure. But what I do know is that if the 49ers expect the win, they got to stop Mahomes. They can't let Mahomes and Hill and Sammy Watkins get into a rhythm early in the game because once they get in, it'll be very hard to snap them out of it. They can't let Mahomes throwing dots left and right going down the fields with these long drives taking up seven minutes a clock. You know, you know, starting from the twenty and going all the way down and scoring a touchdown. They can't have that happen. The Forty ers also can't have happen is allow themselves to get into a hole. Is a is a line that Chiefs defense essentially to to stop them early to the point where they're behind and they got. Now I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo can't, but their offense flows through their running game. And when your offense throws, flows through your running game and you got to play from behind, a lot of times, nine times out of ten, it throws your offensive game plan out of whack. A lot, a lot of the time, that's what it does. If you're the 49ers, you cannot let the Chiefs get ahead and get ahead early. You just can't.
You just can't. On a Chiefs standpoint, you can't let you gotta you gotta contain Nick Bosa, and you also cannot under any circumstances on defense let Mozart get into a rhythm of his own as well. Because if you let Mozart get into a rhythm, and the and the Chiefs offense and you know Mahomes is incomplete passes, Hill and and Watkins are dropping the ball. You know, Mahomes is getting sacked, and then meanwhile, the 49ers are on offense, and Mozart is averaging for six and a half, seven yards a carry. You, you're going to begin for a long night, a very, very, very long night. So both of these teams have got to do it. Both, both of these defense have to do their job in neutralizing the opponent's offensive threat. For the 49ers defense, they got to make sure Mahomes doesn't go crazy. For the Chiefs defense, they got to basically do a repeat of them stopping Derrick Henry and neutralizing uh, and stopping uh, Raheem Mozart. Mozart, whatever his name is. And for the and for the 49er offense, they got to start and they got to grind and pound and get into a rhythm early to set up the rest of the ball game so they can play from ahead and dictate when when they're going to run the football so they can control the clock and not let Patrick Mahomes, you know, touch it with like 3 minutes left in the fourth quarter up 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 7 points and the Chiefs they also have to make sure that Mahomes and the boys get into a rhythm early so they, you know, so they go down the field and score touchdowns which so they won't give the 49ers a chance to to use their run to to use their running game to uh to ascent to essentially get ahead and run and run out the uh run out the clock but it should be a very entertaining very interesting football game to cap off the 2019 NFL season and the 100th centennial anniversary season of the NFL the 49ers last championship was won um was won 25 years ago, ironically enough, in Miami against an AFC West team and it's San Diego Chargers. That was a game where Steve Young got the monkey off his back back in Super Bowl uh, 29. Was it was it 29? Yeah, in Super Bowl 29. While the uh, while this is their and it's their second Super Bowl appearance of this decade, I know it's too, but it's still the 2010s decade, so it's their second Super Bowl Super Bowl appearance of the decade. Last one was seven years earlier in 2012, when Jim Harbaugh lost to his older brother John in Super Bowl 47, uh, when Colin Kaepernick was the talk of the league for different reasons reasons of on the field performance and uh and the 49ers came also close to uh to winning their uh sixth Lombardi trophy but that is the 49ers last Super Bowl appearance and in all the Super Bowls they've been in their only loss so the 49ers are looking to go six and one in the NFL's uh Monera championship game while the Chiefs coming off of their first AFC championship in franchise history. Understand this, folks. The Chiefs are, have played in two Super Bowls, but both of those Super Bowls, they were a member of the AFL. So they were AFL champions, not AFC champions. So for the first time, so this, and this is the first time in the modern era NFL as we know it, 
of that the Chiefs have made have made the Super Bowl. So this is their first AFC championship as a franchise, which is why you which is why it was such a big deal that they earned that they won the Lamar Hunt trophy cuz the trophy is named after the founder of the AFL and the founder and and uh original owner of the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's why that was like a big deal a few weeks ago. But it's their it's their first AFC Championship game in franchise history. Third overall Super Bowl appearance. Last one being 50 years ago in which they won it and they beat the Minnesota Vikings in uh, Tulane Stadium in New Orleans with uh, Hank Stram and uh, matric- just keep matriculating the ball down the field, boys, with uh, Lynn Dawson and the crew back in 1969. Uh, so that's a little history lesson for you looking for their first championship. In 50 years, Andy Reid looking to seek revenge from 15 years earlier when they when he lost the Super Bowl uh, to the New England Patriots as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. So the I mean the Eagles their their drought ended two years ago. Let's see if Andy Reid's can uh, do the same. Uh, and for my pick and my prediction, well prediction pick hand in hand, but. I will pick the excuse me. I will pick the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the San Francisco 49ers. Andy Reid, his legacy of failure will be over. He will win his first champ he will win his first Super Bowl as a NFL head coach. Patty Mahomes, 2018 NFL MVP. This year's cover athlete of Madden 20 will uh, bring home the Lombardi Trophy for the first time in 50 years and will beat the San Francisco 49ers by the final score and hand the 49ers their second loss in the Super Bowl in franchise history and will keep uh, Patriots and Steelers fans happy because if the 49ers win on Sunday, they will tie the uh the Steelers and the Patriots for the most Super Bowl championships in NFL history. But that will not happen because I'll pick because I pick Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs to get it done in South Beach by the final score of thirty one to twenty eight. So that is my pick for Super Bowl fifty and I, I tell you one and I tell you one other thing if I and I, I know JLo and Shakira you know their combined age is 92 years of age I mean and if, I mean go around and ask somebody if they're bouncing around you know listening to JLo and Shakira's old albums I mean when was the last time they were relevant in the in the music field I mean JLo turned you know turned 50 this past year and Shakira's 42. Their combined age is 92 years of age. I mean they are they are no spring chickens. I mean th- I mean for their sake th- you know they should be glad that the halftime show's about 15 minutes long cuz if they're up there for 2 hours singing, dancing and gyrating with the those I mean they look good for their age granted but look good for your age. And uh, and the way you and and uh, energy and 
and stamina are two, when it comes to especially being older those are two those are two totally different things they may they may look like that they're still in you know that they're in their early 30s but they're far from them so and so I mean that halftime show will be tough to take I mean my sister once in no parts at a halftime show that should tell you something I mean once no parts of it and I am going to and I'm going to basically spend uh, a handful of hours deciding what the heck I'm going to do for 15 minutes so I don't have to watch that abomination with that halftime show. Because it's not like Maroon 5 where like this, uh, you know, I, you know, I like the way you move. Da -da -da. I could get into that and moves like Jagger, you know, they, they you know, they, I, I can get, they weren't my favorite, of course, but I could get into, song, you know, songs like that. Justin Timberlake, Sexy Back, Rocky Body, Senorita, your suit and tie, can't stop the feeling, you know, uh, until the end of time, you know, those songs, you know, I, I'm a Justin Timberlake fan. Uh, who's the who's the year before that? Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga, Poker Face is a good song, but I, I'm not, I wouldn't qualify myself as Gaga's Little Monsters, whatever that dopey fan base is is called. Super Bowl 50, one of the best ones with Jay-Z, or excuse me, with Bruno Mars and Beyonce, Uptown Funk and Formation, that was nice. 49, I really didn't, even 49, I didn't care for, I'm not a Katy Perry fan, nor I am Missy Elliott, uh, so I could have cared less about that. Super Bowl 48 halftime show, that was really the halftime show that got me to, you know, become a Bruno Mars fan, because he was so freaking good. 47, I was about well, I was ten years of age, and my mother and my mother wanted me no part wanted me to have no parts of seeing, you know, Beyonce uh, show off Beyonce. I'll put it to you that way for fifteen minutes. So I I didn't even see that one, but even that, but I'm a Beyonce fan nonetheless. Uh, the one before that one was forty six. Madonna, I I remember I turned that I turned literally turned the game off. To go ahead and eat. I I didn't watch Madonna's performance. Didn't care to, and probably never will. Uh, Super Bowl forty five, Black Eyed Peas. Ah, they were okay. Forty four was the Who. Didn't care for them either. Forty three, I become a Springsteen fan over the years. But I don't remember forty three, partly because I had to, you know, back in that, that back in those sad, depressing days, I had to go to bed at halftime of the Super Bowl, which I mean, if they were, if they, if people tell me today you're going to bed at halftime Super Bowl, I'm telling them to go to go uh, light a match on fire and go stick it where the sun doesn't shine because. Josh Shields is not missing the Super Bowl for the world. He, I don't care if the Detroit Lions and the Cleveland Browns are playing in it. I just, I just don't. I ain't missing the Super Bowl. Uh, forty, forty-two. I again, like Tom Petty with the Refugee, with the Refugee song. You hear me play it every now and again. But I don't. A. I don't remember the halftime show forty-two, and B. I don't remember watching it. You know when when the time came. Forty one, I remember very well with Prince. Uh, I always got at that at that young age. I always got Prince confused with James Brown. I don't know why I did, but I always had Prince confused with James Brown. 
but whatever. It was it was good halftime show though. I I get I give it that good good halftime show, and for Super Bowl forty five I vaguely remember, and I couldn't even tell you who performed at the halftime of Super Bowl forty. So I mean that this is, but my overall point is if I see and I and the games on Fox and J Lo was in it, so this is why I'm saying it. If I see, I swear to God, if I see. Alex Rodriguez, that cheat, that fraud, that phony, anywhere near the, whether it be the pregame show, the uh, the, the halftime, the postgame, and you, this is Fox, you know, they they can get a little crazy, you know. They got, they got six hours to burn, and they got nine million personalities. They're going to have everybody on there from, from uh, they're going to have everybody on there from uh, Carissa Thompson to to Tony Gonzalez, I mean, not nine million personalities, and they like to get a little goofy with with a little bit of Cooper Manning uh, mixed in. Okay, so I put and 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 Colin Coward and Dave Weinstein and whatever his name is and Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt and it, they can get they can get a little out of hand, but. I'm telling you right now, if I see A Rod anywhere near the pregame or breaking down Jimmy or breaking down the 49er pass rush with Jimmy Johnson and Howie Long at halftime, or if I see him on the stage with Terry Bradshaw for the Lombardi ceremony on Sunday night, I promise you, as sure as I'm sitting here right now, I will flip A Rod. This is not your moment, and this is not your sport. Stay the hell away from my Super Bowl. Please, don't don't get any ideas. Just just keep the hell away from the Super Bowl. That's my request. Now. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Yamatel Like a TIS podcast. If you like what you heard, new to the program, please subscribe. Follow yours truly on Twitter at, at the J Shield. Follow and tweet the show and vote in the polls that the show Twitter posts at Imatel underscore it TIS. Follow Mike in Orange County on Twitter at I think it's at Mike from OC. Enjoy Super Bowl 54, everybody. God bless. See ya.